Baseball fans, welcome back to this week's episode of Raise the Apple. This week, there is a lot that we're going to talk about. So it's going to be divvied up into two episodes. The first one here, All-Star Week is over. We'll talk about the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. We'll talk about the Mets for a little bit, their first half, how it went, how the draft went for them, and we'll preview a little bit into the second half. And then part two, we'll talk more major, general Major League Baseball give out some first half hardware and then we obviously at some point are going to talk about Juan Soto as his days in DC appear to be numbered and that is going to be a very interesting discussion how the Mets approach it but let's start with talking about the home run derby in the all-star game no three-peat in the derby I had Pete winning it but got knocked out in the second round by Julio Rodriguez who wowed everyone Hit 32 homers in the first round. Would he hit 30 or 31 in the second round? Ran out of juice in the last round. Juan Soto was your home run derby champ. Uh, Pujols with the upset over Kyle Schwarber, which was awesome. Overall, the derby was awesome. Uh, it seemed it was kind of weird why like a guy like Corey Seager or Albert Pujols, who's hit five home runs this year, was in it. I will say the one problem I had with the All-Star game and home run derby in general was that all the players did come around Albert Pujols and congratulate him and give him an ovation and all that, but I felt like Albert Pujols should have been celebrated a little more than he got, considering he's going to go down as one of the greatest baseball players of all time and the best hitter of this generation. You know, I thought that Pujols should have gotten a little more acknowledgement than he did, but he did go on in the second round, got knocked out by Soto. Overall, the home run derby was awesome. It's always fun. It would have been nice to see Pete three get three in a row, but you know he'll be he'll he'll definitely be back with vengeance. So he's either going to a come into the second half and mash 50 homers the rest of the way, or he's going to strike out every other at bat and just struggle. So we're going to have to hopefully he's just going to come out and mash out for vengeance. So I'd rather take a World Series ring over a home run derby title if I'm Pete Alonso. So hopefully he and the Mets can continue their stretch into the second half and continue to grow that lead in the NL East. Now the All-Star game, the American League wins for the ninth year in a row, 3-2. That was probably one of, if not the best All-Star games I've ever watched. Fox killed it with the mic'd up players, especially the guys on the, who do we have on the mound talk? We had Alec Manoa, who by the way, was probably the best mic'd up player of the night. Prop is quickly becoming one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. Alec Manoa was hilarious talking while pitching. I also did not realize how massive of a human being he is. The Blue Jays got a stud with Alec Manoa. But we had Manoa talk. Who else talked? Nasty Nestor Cortez talked with Trevino. Uh, the battery mates from the Yankees talked together. We had Liam Hendricks talk while pitching. Was there any other pitchers that talked? Or was it all guys in the field? I think the rest were guys in the field. But overall, Jose Trevino also quickly became one of my favorite guys to root for. I know he's on the Yankees, but he was hit. You could tell just by what he was saying on the mic and just the way his attitude that he was having the time of his life at the All-Star game. And it was awesome to see. He was sitting there like he's coming up to bat and he goes, wow. He's like, I'm in the All-Star game. I can't believe it. Jose Trevino was a treat to listen to. And Liam Hendricks. Uh, you have to be a little careful with him. Last year when he was mic'd up and he swore a little bit. 
So you had to be a little careful with that, but he was good this time. Julio Rodriguez, uh, Giancarlo and Judge, Otani talked for a little bit. Who else talked for him? Uh, they were able to talk to Mike Trout before his at-bat, Kershaw. You know, there's a lot of guys that were awesome to hear from. So the mic'd up was awesome. The home run derby was awesome. A lot of Mets fans, a lot of National League fans really have a beef with the Braves. And I know the All-Star game doesn't mean anything. But Brian Snicker was giving, you could definitely tell the Braves were getting a little little extra oomph in the All-Star game. You know, you had Ronald Acuna get three at-bats, but you had Paul Goldschmidt, who's probably the favorite to win the NL MVP, only get one at-bat. Paul Goldschmidt, probably the best player in baseball right now, gets one at-bat in the All-Star game. But his, his guys got a little extra, you know, it's... Kind of expected it, but it's, you know, Edwin Diaz didn't get used. I know Marte was an all-star, but elected not to play. Pete only got one at-bat in an inning in the field. Jeff played, I think he got two at-bats. Uh, then you had William Contreras be the DH. So, obviously, but obviously you had the Contreras brothers starting, which was cool. So, that one was kind of understandable. But not a lot of baseball fans happy with Snicker. I know it's an all-star game, and it means absolutely nothing to anyone. But a lot of... Not, Snicker did not make a lot of fans last night with his uh, playing time abilities. I mean, personally, if I were the manager of an all-star team, if I got that opportunity, I would have it planned out the day before and say, listen, guys, the starters are going to play a little more because they're the starters, but this is planned out. I don't care what the situation is in the game. Since we're not playing for anything, it's just for fun. doesn't matter what the situation is. None of that matters. This is the lineup. Every offensive guy is going to get one at bat, at least one at bat, and every pitcher is going to le- at least get an out or two's worth of work. That want that is opting to play. Everyone's going to get at least one opportunity to play because they all des- they deserve it. They're there for a reason. I would want them to have that opportunity. I would say, listen, at the eighth inning, it's one out. No matter what the situation is, this guy is coming in. In the bottom of the seventh, no matter. There's bases loaded, two outs. I don't care. This guy's pinch hitting because I want. I would want everybody who was earned an All Star nod to have the opportunity to play in the All Star game. That just might be a me thing, especially. I think getting rid of the playing for home field advantage was smart because that was probably the dumbest thing ever to have the All Star game count for something. But I think it's also fair to say that of the four major sports, that the home run derby is the best of the four. The NBA All-Star Game, there's no defense. The Pro Bowl has historically stunk. The NHL All-Star Game, I've never really watched, but the MLB All-Star Game is usually, in my opinion, I think it's the best of the four major sports, especially with the mic'd up players. That was awesome. They Fox killed it with that this year. It was a lot of fun to watch. Would have been nice to see the NL win. Usually I root for the NL because of the Mets, but I was rooting for Diaz to come in and lock down a safe. But Emmanuel Clause from the Indian excuse me, the Guardians, locked down the save for the AL. And it was just, it was a great All-Star game. I loved all of it. I thought it was great. I think LA did a great job. And next year, we're we're going to go over to Seattle for the All-Star game, and hopefully the Mets will get a little bit more uh, media attention than some other teams got. Hopefully. We'll have to see on that. But let's talk about our New York Mets. They go into the All-Star break, 23 games over 500. At 58 and 35, with a two and a half game lead over the Braves, they're six and four over their last 10 into the break with the run differential of plus 83. They're killing it. 
They come out of the break. Who do they have coming out of the break? I believe it's San Diego. So the Mets got San Diego coming out of the break. And then Subway, our first glimpse at the Subway Series against the Yankees, which still could be a target for Jacob DeGrom to come back. We'll talk about that towards the end when our with our Around the Horn segment at the end. We'll talk about we'll talk about that then. But overall, the Mets first half, I gotta give them an A. A plus, probably. You expected this team to be good, but to have the second best record in the National League behind the Dodgers and the fourth best record in all of baseball behind all in addition to the Dodgers behind the Astros and the Yankees you have to be pretty pumped with this if you're a Mets fan you know you knew Atlanta was going to stick around two and a half game lead the Phillies are only eight and a half back so the Phillies are in it but they got a lot of work to do I think the Braves are the biggest obviously the biggest threat to the Mets right now but I would I'm very impressed I the the bullpen is going to need some work at the deadline the offense has been clicking. The starting rotation's been good. Yes, there's been some hiccups, but that's to be expected. You're never going to have a perfect season, and everything goes right. But, I mean, it's been a, it's hard to find something to complain about with this team. You know, that's they should pretty much be a lock for the playoffs. If they collapse at 23 games over 500 the rest of the way, I will cry endlessly. Uh, the, this if they fall apart. I, I don't know what to tell you, but they should be a lock for the playoffs. The division race is next. We're appro- we'll be quickly approaching magic number season before you know it. So if the Mets can hold off Atlanta, if they win a majority of those games against the Braves, they should have no problem uh, holding on to the NL East. But the, I, I got to give them an A-plus for the way the first half has gone. And going into the second half, if they can replicate that or even come close to replicating their first half they will have no problem and the and till it comes to the postseason then we're gonna have to see how things shake up the number one seed in the postseason the number one team in each league gets a first round bye so that may prove to the Mets advantage if they could get a first round bye there I want to say like two games let's look at this quick well maybe two games behind the Dodgers can I see the league standings I can okay let's see so right now the Dodgers oh three and a half three and a half game lead the Dodgers have over the Mets for the best record in the NL with the Braves right behind them so hopefully the Mets can uh, make up some ground maybe on the Dodgers but if they can go into the postseason as NL East champs that would be that would be ideal for this team I think obviously they're going to have some as we preview into the second half, they're going to have some questions to answer in the bullpen. They're going to have some questions to answer with Jacob DeGrom and Juan Soto. We'll talk about both of those two more specifically uh, and probably in part two. But the bu- trade deadline is, what, two weeks away, August 2nd. The Mets have to get some bullpen help. They have to get bullpen help. That should be their top priority is getting some arms in the bullpen, getting some lefties. So Jolie Rodriguez is not the only lefty in that bullpen. Uh, if they can add a starter, that would be great. But offensively, it wouldn't hurt to add more. But I think their priority right now has to be a starter or getting a lefty in that bullpen because that bullpen just needs more. It needs more balance than just a right-handed heavy lineup. You can't rely on Edwin Diaz, 
every sing- and Drew Smith every single night. And with Joelle being the only lefty in there, you need to because you DFA J- Chase and Shreve, you got to get some lefties in there, and uh, you got to get some more arms there. Maybe you go make a splash for Hader. Maybe you go get someone else. I don't know. There's there's going to be some guys out there, but the Mets I think need to prioritize that bullpen and getting some lefties in there, and maybe getting another starter. But it's hard to critique their their first half so far. Um, the trade deadline is going to be a lot of fun. Juan Soto is probably going to be the hot commodity. We'll talk about that later. But all eyes are going to be on when Jacob DeGrom comes back. If the Mets are doing this well without Jacob DeGrom, I cannot wait to see how they do when Jake comes back because that's just going to take them over the top. And if I were a team, you'd be like, all right, the Mets are for real. But then they still don't have the best pitcher on the planet back. So when Jake comes back, that's going to be huge for this team. He should be back in the next week or so. Did have a little setback, just a little general soreness. It's okay, Mets Twitter. Relax. General soreness is okay. They're taking it easy with him. So I don't blame the Mets for taking it easy with him. So hopefully it just pushes him back a couple days. Just let it – he's probably just a little sore just from picking things up a little bit. So just take it slow with him. It's okay. The Mets aren't desperate right now that they need to rush him back. But, so you had the All-Star Game Tuesday, Homer Derby Monday, Futures Game Sunday, along with the draft. The Mets' first two picks, Kevin Parada at number 11 from Georgia Tech, a catcher. And then at number 14, I believe, was their second top pick. They picked Jet Williams, a high school shortstop in Texas. I'm not going to lie, I don't watch a lot of college baseball. I wish I did watch more. But based on Mets fans' reactions on social media, it seems like those were good picks. Some complaints over because you have Francisco Alvarez, so you're wondering why did you draft a catcher. But it's none of these guys are eligible to be traded until after the World Series because a lot of fans thought, oh, maybe they're drafting a catcher because they're trading for Soto and they're going to deal a catcher in that. I don't really know if I buy into that, but it seems that the Mets did good. You had Matt Holliday's son go number one overall to the Orioles. Andrew Jones' son go number two to the Diamondbacks, and then Kumar Rocker, who the Mets drafted last year, that's why they had two picks in the top 30, uh, who didn't sign with the Mets because of an issue with the physical. He goes number three to Texas, and the Mets used that pick, that Kumar Rocker pick, to uh, get Kevin Parada from Georgia Tech. So it seems that the Mets did good in the draft, I would think. I, I don't know a lot about college baseball, but it seems based on what a lot of, of the experts on college baseball are saying, that the Mets did pretty good job in uh, in the draft, which is which is good. The Mets need to start restocking that farm system, and if they can start getting some good guys in the draft, get some arms, get some bats, slowly rebuild that farm system, then I think the Mets will be the Mets will be in a great spot. 